1: This is the Hunt for Wellness Podcast with Akhtar Samani, 38 Sneaker. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could
0: not, but she did.
1: And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga.
0: Hellblade 2. Play it now with
1: Game Pass. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's another great day for wellness. And this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness.
0: Since then, over the last nine years or so, I've traveled to several several countries, few different continents. I've done more things than I thought were ever capable, and I still have this mindset where I walk into a room sideways, but I still think I'm too big. Uh, I still imagine that I'm going to be asked to pay for a second seat on an airplane because that's what it would take for me to travel domestically before I would have to pay for two seats. And they would put a sign next to me on the seat that says this seat's reserved for this individual don't sit there and that's like a big fat call like this is too this guy's too fat for one seat don't sit next to him that's exactly what it was that's how I felt I would need two seat belts to sit in an airplane or a seatbelt extender for the car or whatever the case is and clothes were just three times the cost because the size was just so big at the big and tall and you're restricted to a particular style because you can't shop at the stores that you want to shop at And so the first time I ever flew on a plane in one seat, the first time I put on an outfit from literally a store, off the rack, without a custom anything, the first time I fit into a seatbelt singular, uh, I've cried. I've literally cried. Um, And to to go from not, to not having anything in my mind about, hey, I want to explore Japan, I want to see Peru, I want to walk the Inca Trail, or hike, hike Machu Picchu, whatever the case is, those doors were closed to me for so long, and now the world is opened up, and I can do anything I want. I'm literally doing the dumbest things you could think of. I'm doing half Ironman, I'm doing marathons. I'm doing these really, uh, I, I, I don't know why, but the idea is I, I was told no for so long that I never want to hear it again.
1: Well, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Uh, you have just been listening to Akhtar Samani or Sneaker who has an amazing story to share. After practicing poor lifestyle habits for decades, Sneaker found himself weighing a staggering 508 pounds and wearing a size 70-inch waist before he decided that he needed to regain his health. With the help of a doctor, accountability partners, and F3, he has lost over 300 pounds, completed multiple marathons, and currently runs 5K a day. In today's episode, Akdar shares the truth about food addiction and how it had a grip on his life, what seven things he does daily to prevent him from slipping back to poor habits, and why your friends could be the reason you are fat, and so much more. And as always, if you like this episode, be sure to share it with your friends, family, and other packs in your region. Now for today's episode. back to another edition of the hunt for wellness podcast this is dr tunis hunt otherwise known as bones in the gloom and pax we have a fantastic show for you today i have Akhtar samani with me uh, otherwise known as sneaker in the gloom uh welcome to the show my friend
0: happy to be here i'm excited yeah this is my first podcast (laughs)
1: Well, this is a great one to get get started with. Uh, We appreciate your willingness to share your story, your health transformation, and just whatever tidbits that you can share with our listeners today. So why don't you kind of walk us through kind of your F3 story here, Sneaker. Uh, A, where do you post? Where do you live? How did you learn about F3 and why the name Sneaker?
0: All right. Well, that's a good story. So um, my friend from college, Paul Valdez, otherwise known as Hundo, noticed that I was uh, posting Instagram photos about my workouts. I was training for something. He saw me. And at the time, the Katy region in Texas had a EH quota. And they were just trying, they had a goal. They had, hey, we're trying to get 20 new guys or 50 new guys, whatever that number was. And uh, Paul out to me and brought me on board. And uh, at the time I was free. So I showed up the very next morning for a uh, five o'clock workout, Katy, Texas. And I was born in the kingdom. Uh, the AOQ that day was tater. I snuck up on him. So I got the name sneaker.
1: <laughs> so it's Literally. a classic, just you came up on them. They were unaware of you. And that's how you got sneaker. It has nothing to do yeah, with they the actual were, footwear. They were just
0: asking my story. I'm not a runner by any means, shape or form. And when I got into running, I signed up for a couple of 5k that didn't give me any medals. And so I told myself, I'm going to do a 5k that gives me a freaking medal. And end up doing 16 5 <laughs> k's that day, or uh, that year, because I just got a bunch of medals, and I was addicted to medals. And so I just got into the habit of like sneaking up on people and like doing these runs, and and so sneaker just stuck. That's how I got it. And I so gotcha. I uh, so I currently, although I was born in the kingdom in Katy, Texas, I post uh, predominantly at the Spigot, which is the, another Katy. Uh, the Katy region in in Houston is blown up, so the Spigot is one
1: of one of those AOs. That's where I post. I got you. And what year was this when you first learned about F3? Uh,
0: I joined F3 July three years ago. So July this year will be four years.
1: Oh, wow. So you've been out of a a good hot minute now. And you you resonate with like most of us. uh, You know, there's a big old uh, kind of common uh, practice in our region, the Fort and Lake Wiley area that we will do anything for a patch. So it sounds like he'll do anything from metal. As long as there's yeah. something to a carrot out in front of you, you're willing to go do so it, huh? It's, a,
0: it's evolved now. If there's coffee being served or a donut at the other end of it, I will do it. Metal no, no longer needed, yeah.
1: I got you, I got you. Yeah. Just, well, that's great, man. So currently, um, how many days a week are you posting?
0: So to be honest with you right now, I'm probably posting one to three days a week. Uh, I used to be at my, in my heyday, six days a week.
1: Gotcha. So just due to life and and scheduling and all that kind of stuff, just a little less. Yeah.
0: So I actually, this is very well timed. Uh, I was really in a funk recently. And so um, I started trying to get myself back into it. And I've been leaning on my brothers to like, hold me accountable. They've been checking in on me. And I've been trying to get more uh, more and more out there that I'm training for new CSOPs, if you will.
1: Yeah. So do you have anything on the horizon as far as like a big event coming up?
0: Yeah. So, uh, real quickly, full house is, uh, is, uh, my, uh, my boss and colleague and friend who, uh, who also came around the same time I did in F3. Uh, he and I have, uh, and a, a vast amount of other packs have all decided to do some pretty dumb C-sops. And so it all started last year with the half Ironman Memphis. with was the first Ironman, uh, first half Ironman for all of us who did it. We had five guys who tried uh, and then that transition to this year where we have the Houston marathon in January. Uh, we had, well, we didn't, we were not able to make it the Austin marathon in February, the Woodlands marathon in March. These are fulls. Uh, the Texas independence relay, which is a 200 mile relay team uh, across Texas from Gondolas to Houston, half Ironman uh, Galveston uh, MS 150, which is 150 mile bike ride across parts of texas uh and then uh there's one other thing that i'm missing and that's just in the first quarter of 2022
1: wow so you are fully accelerating that king aspect of of your health it sounds like
0: (laughs) we're trying we're trying yeah Yeah, so
1: you personally doing all those events as well i'm
0: signed up for all those events correct gotcha you did the
1: marathon back in january
0: Yes. Yeah, so I did, this is my second attempt at the marathon in January. The first attempt was in 2020, literally January, 2020, right before COVID shut down. And although I finished the mileage, it took me six hours and 42 minutes to finish it. Gotcha. Um, I, and it was a trend, a lot of walking and walking. And I just felt, I felt defeated because I didn't finish within the allotted time. You have six hours to finish it in Houston. Uh, and so I didn't get to finish properly over the finish line um i had to take an alternate route the race wasn't supported for the back half that I, I basically just kind of walked through so i just felt i didn't really finish it even though i kind of did this year i was able to do it so we had i want to say 14 15 guys all run the marathon this year from Katie.
1: congratulations man yeah well, that's a good testimony uh, just uh, not not giving up i'm proud of you for even finishing it the first time even though you know quote unquote technically they had kind of dq'd you as far as the the time frame but the fact that you persevered on and moved on is a true testimony uh to to your perseverance and uh, i think that's great i think it's great to have carrots out in front of you it sounds like you have a jam-packed spring uh it'd be interesting to see what your summer and fall schedule you might just be recovering by then who knows but uh i I love to hear that and and you know i'm watching things coming up at the end of the year Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always something. I mean, like I said, there's a million things that we can kind of dangle in front of us, but, uh, you know, I brought sneaker on today, Pax, because uh, he's got quite a health transformation story. I mean, and what you're listening to now is all these events that he's currently doing and he's, you know, highly accelerating with his King. And, um, I know you guys can't see him over our zoom call now, but, uh, you know, he looks great. He looks healthy. Um, but that wasn't always the case with his health and his personal um, fitness level. And so I wanted to bring him on so that he can kind of share a little bit about his journey, some lessons he learned, uh, be an inspiration to others, and then just really kind of uh, hopefully provide that, um, you know, the, that perseverance for for all of us that because uh, we all hit uh, hard moments and hard spots and we need to kind of that extra push and and really um, wanting to listen to your story and and just so, so that we can understand what it took for you to kind of overcome your obstacles and challenges and, and really become the person you are today. So back us up a little bit, Sneaker, back to that moment in time when you just knew your health was out of control and it needed some kind of new direction.
0: I'm going to give you a little bit of history before we get to that. Uh, so I, as my name might suggest, I am Pakistani by birth. I was born in the US, but my parents are Pakistani. And so I grew up around a lot of Indian food and I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Chicago. We lived in Indiana for a little while. And so there was a lot of fast food around me and I didn't like Indian food. I didn't care for it. So whenever the op- opportunity presented itself, which was often, I would have fast food. I would have McDonald's or Burger King or whatever for lunch, dinner, and it just became a habit. And I, I ate and ate and ate. And if you've ever looked at a caloric um uh, if you've ever looked at the calorie intake for one of those meals, it's substantial. And so for a child, let alone a you know junior high, high school kid, college kid, it's a lot of calories you're putting in one meal, let alone three or four. And so at my heaviest, I was 508 pounds, right? Wow. And that was predominantly from uh, just not moving around, not being mobile, not running, not doing any kind of physical activity exertion, just sitting down and eating and watching a lot of television, a lot of television.
1: Now, how old were you when you were at that high weight?
0: So the heaviest I ever was, I want to say I was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s. I'm going to go ahead and say early 30s. So probably around 30, ooh, 30 29, 30. Okay.
1: That. So, I mean, we're we're only talking about eight, seven years ago when yeah. you were at your highest. Okay. Gotcha. Correct. Correct. So, so through, through middle 2000, school.
0: Through- 2013. 2013 was my heaviest.
1: I got you. So through middle school, through high school, you were developing some of these poor habits as far as that goes. Now, did you find yourself going from like 250 to 500? It felt like overnight, or did you really kind of walk me through that process? So
0: truth be told, I never truly knew how heavy I was. I never really weighed myself. I just knew I was big. I knew I was a large, uh, an extra large, a double extra large, a 3XL, a 4XL, a 5XL, a 6XL, a 7XL. I knew I was a size 28, 30, 32, 34, 36, 38, up to 70 waist size. Wow. Okay. Uh, The wake-up call for me was when I went to a standard doctor. Rather, I had two wake-up calls. I'm sorry. Went to a standard routine checkup at the doctor's office. They couldn't weigh me. And so I had to get on what would look like an agricultural, industrial, like for cow cattle scale. It looked ridiculous. Um, And that was in a very embarrassing moment for me. But even then I didn't change my ways. I tried and tried to lose some weight. I had friends around me who supported me, would go to the gym with me, offered to teach me how to like meal prep and do things like that and build habits. But I got injured and I felt defeated again. And I just resorted back to what made me comfortable, which was television and fast food. And then I ballooned back up. So I was probably in the 400, the first time I tried to lose weight. And then I lost Around 300 is where I got, and then I I got injured. I injured my leg. I kept eating like I was working out, even though I wasn't working out. My queen was not anywhere where it should be. Balloon back up to four, surpassed four, got to five, and then um, I decided the second time around, my second wake up call. I was driving home from work, which um, I'm, I'm in sales and marketing, so I'm behind a desk all day, on a phone, on a computer, not moving around, not physical. And so I was driving home one day and I suffered from sleep apnea at the time. So I had very poor sleep quality. Even though I was getting eight, 10, 12 hours of sleep, I did not feel like I was. And so I fell asleep behind the wheel of my car. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for the fact that I was at a a stoplight and there was a car in front of me, I would have just, I would have rolled into an intersection. I would have been significantly injured through some kind of accident, perhaps even dead. If it wasn't for the grace of God, the Corolla in front of me that prevented me from rolling into the intersection, um, I I don't know where I'd be. And so that was it. I had to fix my sleep apnea, which was losing weight. I had to lose weight. I decided to look into uh, alternative methods. If not dieting, what could I do? And that's when I found surgery and I had to have help. And that's one of the most important things to me right now is no matter where you are, help is always there and it's up to you to accept it and no shame in any kind of help, whether it's a question, whether it's an, uh, a friend, whether it's getting some kind of surgical, in my case, surgical um, procedure. So I researched the various options available to me and I went with gastric sleeve, which is where, uh, for those of you who don't know, gastric sleeve um, is where they remove a significant portion of your stomach, I wanna say 70, 80% of your stomach, and you're left with basically your esophageal tube or a sleeve and so that diminishes the amount of food you can eat. It provides restriction. Um, and over time, you can potentially expand your sleeve. But the idea is to take this opportunity to build effective habits, lose some weight. And as I did so, um, I started to get mobile. So I started walking. And I found friends who walked regularly. And I said, can I join you? And they said, yes, come with us. We'll walk with you. Then surely I found a friend who ran. Uh, and I was like, hey, can I run with you? Can you teach me about pacing? Can you teach me about what it is you do, nutrition on your run? And she said, yeah, come with me. Uh, and so I ran with her. And I found friends who did weightlifting. I'm like, how do I build muscle? Can you teach me? What do you eat? And so they were like, let's go to the gym together. And then I found a friend who swam. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about doing triathlon for the very first time. Like, what can you can? What can you? So I always ask around. What are people doing? How are they doing it? What are they eating? What are they drinking? What? How are they living their life? And I try to take what I, what I learn and I bring it into my life. And that's how I found running. That's how I found triathlons. That's how I found these C-sops. And that's how I found F3. And uh, Hondo brought me out. I went out there and I came for the fitness, but I stayed for the fellowship. There was something there with those guys in, in the morning. And there was just this brotherhood that I didn't have. I was missing in my life. I, I'm, I don't know how, but I'm mostly friends with a lot of women. Like 90% of my circle are all women. So it was nice to just have men around me, someone I could feel open with, uh, talk about anything with, share with, and then uh, from that came a shield lock. And I got uh, a core group of guys that I communicate with regularly, who check in on me, ask me how I'm doing, if they see me, if I'm going in my old ways, which I am now. Uh, they bring me back. Uh, they bring me back center, and um, that's how in the Katy area, the kingdom, the spigot. Um, we do everything together. So if one of us says, hey, I've never done a 5K, well, guess what? 32 guys signed up for a 5K last year, and we did it all together. I've never done a, I've never done a half Ironman. Well, five guys signed up, paid the you know, enormous cost uh, it costed to get into it, and we did it together. We traveled to Memphis, Tennessee to do that. Um, no one's ever run their first marathon. Well, we all ran our marathon together. So it, it's just uh, grow rock. F3 Grow Rock. We did one in uh, San Antonio, my first ever Grow Rock. And so KY here in Houston, uh, Katie, uh, decided to give us a crash course in what, uh, um, you know, heavies and toughs and, and basics were like. And then we decided to try Grow Rock. Um, and I trained hard for that. And I, I, I did a couple of little events to get me ready for that. And I got to do Grow Rock in San Antonio. And that was something. That's where I met Apollo. Uh, or rather, I knew Apollo beforehand, but that's when I got really close to Apollo. Um, and so little things like that. It's just brought me together with these guys and we've conquered all sorts of dumb dumpsy stops together.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's the power of F3 and the accountability and having other men surround you to push you past limits that you're not going to do on your own. And, and, you know, you kind of had a great testimony there as far as, you know, initially identifying that you had this big challenge in front of you And, and to your credit, began working on it and made some progress and then you get injured and then you kind of lose some of that momentum. And if you don't have the right circle around you, then it's easy to blow back up and kind of resort to where you were. And, and, and in your case even went beyond where you were previously. And then on the back end of the surgery and and finding F three really having this group to, to help you, you know, you know, continue to accelerate because, you know, like you mentioned and alluded to already, is we all go through ebb and flow. We, we all mm-hmm. find that moment where we're not feeling like it or our schedule gets busy or for whatever reason, we, we, we choose not to um, push ourselves or accelerate as well as we, we know we need to, but uh, having those F3 guys around us to keep us accountable certainly helps us, you know, move in that direction. So I want to kind of back up and, and, um, kind of look at your story in a little bit more detail. It's just so that maybe you can shine some light uh, on a few things for us, um, for listeners or, you know, because there might be a guy or a a gal listening to this that may find themselves where you were and, and maybe you can speak to them in a certain way. And, And then maybe some of us know somebody that might be struggling with some of this stuff that we want to help, but we just don't know maybe what to say or how to do it um, to kind of help them get motivated or to move in the right direction. Um, so kind of bring us back to like when it will, you know, prior to your first wake up call, you talked about eating fast food. You talked about having the sedentary lifestyle. Um, did you just feel kind of like in a, in, in a, in a trap, like where, you, were you aware that you weren't making good decisions? It was just difficult not to do it. Or was it something that you were just clueless about diet? Um, tell me a little bit about kind of the the thought process you had when you were kind of eating those things on a more consistent basis.
0: I, okay. So it's not that I didn't know it was unhealthy, but um, the best way that I can describe my relationship with food is an addiction. So Mm -hmm. it, it tasted so good. How could I not have more of this? Right. So it was um, I'm just, I'm just going to pull you a traditional, sneaker meal this was something that i would rely on heavily because i found what literally was to me the perfect meal i don't know if you're familiar with houston texas or the south but most fast food is about the same so i think gen- generally uh generically speaking everyone should uh understand what i'm talking about so i would go to a place called five guys five guys burgers and i would get a double patty burger there with cheese whatever whatever however you like your burger i would get the biggest the biggest burger i could get there. And then I decided, you know what? I don't like their fries, no matter how good other people might find them. I like McDonald's fries. So I would drive across the street and go to McDonald's and pick up their large fries. And I also like their soda. So I would pick up their soda. But wait, that's all savory. Where's my sweet? Where's my dessert? Where's my reward for going through this meal? I would go to Waterberg, which is traditionally a Southern thing. And I'd pick up a large milkshake, strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, or poison, whatever that is. And then wait a second, what if I want a midnight snack while I'm watching all of my TV shows? Oh, you know what? Jack in the Box has these amazing $1 tacos, $2 tacos, whatever. Pick up a couple of those. And then from about 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., whatever it is, to about four o'clock in the morning, I would binge watch television that I just brainless, mind-numbing fun for me, action, adventure, whatever. And so all of these were feeding into an addiction. I just couldn't stop wanting more to the point where it literally became two burgers, two fries, two drinks, two milkshakes, and then so on and so forth. And it was just never ending. I would literally go to a meal with you after dinner and decide, you know what, I'm still hungry. I want more. Uh, And publicly, I would order meals that I felt were um, less shameworthy, a salad or something that might be considered healthy and best for me. And then I would secretly go and pick all of these things that I would be afraid of other people would judge me for it, but I knew I really wanted them. And so it was just addiction. Uh, and so I knew I was making horrible choices because obviously I felt shame in what I was ordering publicly. So I would order uh, better. Right. Uh, and then have what I wanted at the end, because I still wanted it. And so uh, the way I would characterize my, my relationship, my and I still have it. I still snack on stuff that I know is bad for me. And now I know it's bad for me. Uh, but um, I try to, prevent myself from going backwards because if I, I I now weigh myself every day it's probably a bad thing to do but I weigh myself every morning and if I see the scale move even an inch or a tick or a mark or a hash or a digit whatever uh, I immediately have to reevaluate my life because it, it's literally like 229.8 to 229.9 that one, i I'm reevaluating everything I got to figure this out and so during the holidays last year, I stopped weighing myself. I, I got comfortable, stopped weighing myself, and I found myself gaining weight when I recently weighed myself. and Oh, wow, what, what has changed? And for me, what's changed is my, my metrics, my benchmarks, my, my accountability, my uh, monitoring and tracking. So for me, I track everything now. I track my calories, I track my weight, I take a progress picture every day, and I track those things. And that's how I keep myself accountable. I can't trust myself to be without those things.
1: Yeah, uh, well, thank you for sharing that and, and kind of diving into that a little bit, because you brought up a very um, real um, reality really is is the addiction aspect of things. And and I don't think everyone understands how addictive food can be, and certainly the foods that you were dis- describing. Um, you know, we know that food manufacturers, for instance, utilize chemicals and preservatives and different things to create you know, that's tantalizing flavor or whatever we mm-hmm. want to, we, mm-hmm. you know, whatever adjective we want to use here just to kind of drive more consumption of these calories. And so I could understand, you know, that, uh, that addiction aspect of things. Um, and for those of us that aren't necessarily addicted to food, it's sometimes difficult to wrap our minds around exactly what you were saying. Because, I mean, we all have addictions probably if we're being honest with ourselves in something. Yeah. Um. And it may not be food; it could be something else. And so, if we're really being honest about what that addiction is and how that drives us, regardless of how much we may not want to do that thing, it really puts in perspective of someone like yourself who was, who food was that for you, and and yeah. and why that was a downward spiral. And you brought up a, another great point about having these uh, stop gaps in place. I think it's great that you weigh yourself every day. I mean, you know, uh, would I recommend it for everybody out there to weigh themselves if if they don't ever feel like they need to, then then maybe not. But for no, you, everyone you found- has
0: their I think I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry. Everyone yeah, has good. their own um, the way full house, uh, my colleague and boss put it, everyone has their bumpers, what brings them back to the straight and narrow, right? So yeah. for me, my bumper is something called 75 hard. And one of the things, if if you're familiar with Andrew Fidel and 75 Hard, he has a core subset of things you have to do every day. And if you miss any one of those things, you fail. And so this is my seventh iteration of 75 Hard. And so 75 Hard for me is basically you got to take away yourself every day, take a progress picture every day, keep yourself to a diet, a specific diet, not just I'm going to do this. I mean – I'm I'm eating 1,800 calories. I am keeping a, a, a macronutrient proportion of this much percentage protein, this much percentage carb, this much percentage fat. Uh, wh- however, uh, vegan, paleo, whatever you choose to do, drink a gallon of water every day, two 45-minute workouts, one of which has to be done uh, outside, range, Which F three, you know, we don't have a problem with that. Uh, read 10 pages in a book, uh, self-help, development, personal, whatever. Um, I'm missing something I feel but that's essentially that's my bumper so anytime I catch myself losing my discipline which is what it is I'm not disciplined anymore that tries I use that to rebuild my habit and try to get that discipline back and that works for me sometimes it doesn't always work for me sometimes I fail but that's just that's the matter of the game so I for me I try to surround myself with people that know what I'm going through I'm an open book uh, I try to open up to myself uh, as much as I can and let people know what I'm struggling with. So I'm going through, hey, if you see me eating this, snacking on this, uh, walking towards the snack aisle, which we have a huge stockpile of snacks in the office that I'm trying to avoid. Um, if you see me doing this, you have my permission to like slap me around a little bit. Like, tell me, tell me what's going on. Like, bring it to bring it up. I want the real realness uh, this is what i'm doing and others will do 75 hour with me and whatever the case is but i'm open about that there are others out there that are not so easily readable and no, nor are they transparent and so your earlier question was what can we do to identify someone that might be struggling with this and how can we help them truth be told learning this for myself you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped that's not to say that you can't have an honest conversation Uh, You don't have to hurt anyone's feeling, but hey, I've noticed, uh, and Full House says this with me a lot. Hey, I've noticed you haven't been yourself lately. Uh, I noticed that you aren't as happy as you once were. I noticed that you're coming in sluggish or whatever the question is. I've noticed something about you that's different from where I remember you being. What's going on? And then try to dig in deeper. Just don't leave it as a surface level question, like why? Sometimes people like me will try to hide the truth, right? Initially, I would hide it. Like I'm eating this salad. Of course, everything's fine. And then secretly I'm having this burger. So I'm not, we're human. We hide what we want to hide and we don't want to be fully transparent. And that's the one thing I've changed about myself that I have to be fully transparent. This is what I have. I ate that Starburst. I, you know, is it going to kill me? Probably not, but it's probably going to start old habits. So uh, look around, see if someone's a little different than where they have been uh, and try to see what's going on in their life. It's simply that, that can open up a doorway to see if they want help, if they need help. Um, for example, here in Houston, one of the things that we've done, for House and I, is we started something called the Hunger Games. Uh, we, you and I briefly talked about it, but the idea behind it is, hey, the holidays, especially for me, is one of the worst times for me to indulge myself, overeat, lose my discipline, get back into old habits, and I need to, a check. And there are others like me who want to try to do that, and others who want to lose weight. And so we started a, a weight loss challenge called The Hunger Game. This starts November 1st, goes to January 1st, and it's for anyone who wants to join us. And essentially, it's a, a two-man team, an accountability partner, if you will, or battle buddy. And you keep your battle buddy accountable. You, you weigh them, you, weigh you check in on them, work out together, whatever the case is. And there are prizes that we buy out of our own pockets and patches that we give out to people because we just, you know, we want this to go on. Full House has benefited from F3, i benefited from F3. We both lost a significant portion of weight through F3 and other things, and we want to try to get back, and that's how we do it. And so we found it works. So we've had our second, uh, uh, our second annual Hunger Games just wrapped up last year, uh, catching fiber, we called it. Uh, and so we're, we're anxiously awaiting uh, year three.
1: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I love how you guys are implementing opportunities to to push each other and make it a competition. And I've heard yeah. other regions do it, and I've actually had a previous guest talk about, um, you know, what we call the Warrior Nutrition Challenge or yep. something similar. And and the whole idea is, don't try to do this by yourself. I mean, no, that a it's no fun. Uh, B you're you're less successful. Um, and, and see if you can kind of m- make it a, ch- a challenge we always yeah. do more than we're capable when we have something to or somebody to try to outperform or, or whatever and i'm assuming uh you know obviously that's a great opportunity during the holidays to do that that seems to be a pro uh, you know a time frame when it's easy to go in the opposite direction but um i'm, I'm assuming uh packs can pick any month of the year to do this um yes. and it would work just as well
0: so- there happens to be weight loss challenges all the time, at least in the Katy area. This uh, it just happened to be a tradition for Full House and I to do the Hunger Games around that time. Uh, but not to say that we're excluding any other challenges. We participate in other people's challenges as well. Uh, a buddy of ours started, uh, Bertie actually, started a 5K a day challenge where everybody either run, rucked, or walked a 5K every day for a month. And it just so happens that I like that so much. My challenge to myself is to do it every day for a year. So I'm on I'm on February 22nd at 5K a day. Wow! Uh, I decided I was gonna I was gonna run this morning before our, our beatdown, and I would say, Hey guys, that anyone want to run a 5K with me this morning? Twelve guys showed up. I said, Great! So we we ran 5K at 4:15 in the morning. We had a little uh you know everyone finished, and then we had a little break, and we had a beatdown afterwards. So i, yeah. I'm, I I'm, we're all about at least this spigot anyway. It's all about if someone has a challenge to do, we'll all do it together.
1: I think that's great. I, I mean, that. I, that that's the fastest way to the best acceleration. Um, I want to go back to, um, you know, that moment when you are, dis- are considering surgery, um, yeah. you had mentioned previously that you got to a certain weight and chose to kind of exercise and doing some things to, to, to lower your weight. And then you got injured and, 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 and gained the weight back. Um, tell me about what, process you went through to kind of consider your options as far as surgery, why you chose this particular one, um, and, um, kind of why you chose to do surgery versus just maybe trying to do some of the things on your own again.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm going to say it's, uh, forgive me if I miss any part of your question and remind me, but uh, I'm going to go back to the, the biggest thing for me there was self-awareness, knowing myself. And I'll explain what I mean in a second. Uh, so uh, I got to around 300 pounds doing a 12-week transformation program that Chris, uh, uh, Chris Geffen, a bodybuilder uh, we found on, on YouTube, my buddies and I uh, followed and religiously did what he did. And we took a month off and we restarted his program problem was we restarted doing the weights we had left off doing before the month was over so when I went for a leg press machine I was still thinking I could do 400 pounds 500 pounds of leg press when actuality it had been a month before I had since I'd done a leg press and so I just hurt myself really really badly and so I took that time off and then I was feeling good about myself and I kept eating I kept eating like I was working out but I wasn't and then I snowballed when I got to 508 um, I remember that number specifically, because that was a, a an industrial scale that weighed me. Um, that was a ding, ding, ding moment, right now that this has to change. And I was not in a place to be able to go back to the gym, I was just getting up, I was huffing and puffing, right? It just was was not good. Uh, and so I decided at that point, I'm going to look into what options are available to me. And I saw a lap band and so I explored lap band. I went to go see an actual professional about lap band. And the idea behind lap band is that they put a little rubber band thingy around your stomach to help increase restriction, but that has to be closely monitored and adjusted with your doctor. So as you lose weight and that thing starts to loosen the ring around your stomach, you want to go in and they put a little saline solution or something in there to tighten it or loosen it. And it's very touch and go. It's very give and take. It's very back and forth with your doctor. And I knew myself to know that I was not going to see this doctor weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. That's just not my schedule. Getting you and I in a boat together was hard enough. Like, There's no way I'm seeing a doctor that that frequently, Um, even though that is reversible and can be taken out, which the other two methods that I'm going to talk about are not necessarily reversible uh, or rather aren't. Uh, The second option was gastric bypass, which I had heard more frequently used than the sleeve. The sleeve was new to me and probably newer at that time. Uh, And so gastric bypass, and again, you're the doctor here, so you tell me if I'm wrong um, because I want proper information to come across. But uh, uh, gastric bypass is where they bypass your digestive tract altogether and go directly to the intestine, right? So the food is bypassing your stomach and going directly to the intestines, so you're getting malabsorption. Uh, So you're not, you're not absorbing all the food and the nutrients and whatnot, but that can lead to a few other things, including, and forgive me, dumping syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, and so if you eat something that's that just does not sit well with you, uh, your body wants to expel it as quickly and effectively as possible from either end. And when I heard that, I decided that was not for me because I loved my fried foods and my fried chicken or whatever the case it was too much to have to go through that. And that's just me knowing myself that I knew I was going to still eat badly, even though I just got the surgery, because I hadn't broken that habit yet. And I still haven't. And so I just didn't want to have to deal with that. In addition to you, you're not getting your full nutrients. So you're going to take supplements and you're going to have to do things to make sure that your body is getting what it needs. The third option, which was a, a happy medium, if you will, between the two, I'm not saying this is perfect, is the gastric sleeve, which is what I opted for. The gastric sleeve is where they basically leave your digestive tract in place. And rather than uh, bypassing your stomach, they remove a significant portion, a pouch from your stomach, just leaving a tiny banana-shaped looking sleeve. And so that, although it can potentially expand in the future, provides adequate restriction at the time, does not have to deal with malnutrition. malabsorption or nutrient deficiencies or what have you. And um, there was, there was a few articles I'd read, whether or not they're true, scared me out of gastric uh, bypass, which is sometimes those uh, patients who have gastric bypass can develop stomach cancer. And I don't know what that was, or what uh, my assumption was maybe because of the stomach acids or whatever the case was, but it scared me enough to not think about it. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know how true it is. I'm giving you just what I read and what scared me. It could have been one of those trolls I I have no idea so for me it was just the sleeve or else so I decided the sleeve was for me now let me find a doctor for the sleeve and I searched all throughout Houston and the neighboring states I'm sorry Texas and the neighboring states and I found a doctor in Houston in fact I found four so I sat and consulted with them and one doctor which uh, I don't know do you care if I name the doctor or not
1: oh it's uh, completely up to you
0: okay the doctor's name is uh, Matthew St. Laurent Uh, and so uh, his his website. His, his his actual legitimate website had actual videos from his surgeries that he has performed. so you can kind of see what's being done to you. And during the consultation where he he brought you in, very open about the procedure, he showed you an actual video of the procedure being done, someone who, who accepted that, you know, I, people can see this, and walked us through it. and I felt I felt the most informed out of all the consultations by this doctor, so he just won my business right then and there. Then it became a process of hey, how do I pay for this? Right? This is $15,000 or more. How do I pay for this? And so insurance was not going to cover me. My insurance had an exclusion on bariatric surgery. uh, And it has an exclusion on uh, on skin surgery, which is something I'm looking into now, uh, because it's technically cosmetic. And so at the time, I would have to pay for this out of pocket. And I am not uh, a well off individual where 15k isn't going to like, put a big hole in myself. And so then it became, what do I do? Um, And so I decided to finance it. And so I was able to get a loan for 15,000 and pay for that surgery. And since I was having surgery already, they found an ulcer that they were able to fix as well. And it was just going to be part of what they did. And so that's how I paid for it. And so uh, two weeks leading up to gastric sleeve, I had to have a special diet, a liquid only diet to lean up. Uh, lean everything down because they would have to go in bariatrics. So they have these little microscopic or uh, whatever, laparoscopic uh, surgical tools. Uh, and uh, they would have to move the liver, spleen. I don't know. They have to move some stuff around. So they want to be super lean. So I had to go on a protein shake diet, two meals a day, and a very, very, very light salad for two weeks. And then post-op, which was a uh, one day in in hospital recovery, uh, post-op, when I left, I would have a six-week regimen to get back on the full foods. So there was two weeks of clear liquid diet so basically bone broths or whatever, uh, or jello if I needed, uh, which I couldn't consume a whole lot of soups and stuff. And then, uh, it was full liquids so was always creamier liquids, milks and stuff like that. Uh, and then it became soft foods like mashed potatoes or something like that. And then it became uh, full food. So chicken. Um, and then eventually the last thing I could consume was red meat, uh, cause that's the hardest to digest. And so then I would do stress tests. I would have to do, um, Uh, how many ounces of food could I eat within an allotted period of time and see where my stomach was at. And I would have regular, you know, quarterly consults with my surgeon for the first year. And uh, the worst part of this whole thing, sodas was off limits. Carbonated beverages, Coke was off limits. And so that is my biggest, biggest crutch soda. I used to drink it with every meal. I used to drink it like water. People would tell me there's nothing better after a hot day's work and a beer i would say that's bs it's a coca-cola you take that back that's how much i loved it it was either water or coca-cola and i chose coca-cola every single time
1: got it so now now that that's kind of forced you to break that habit it sounds like
0: mm-hmm. that uh, br- that surgery that year was my reset hard reset and i told myself i would allow myself from that point on um if i ever drank soda again a I- Certain number of cokes a year, which is five: uh, New Year's, birthday, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, and a a, a, a rolling holiday. Whatever, whatever day I chose, right. And so those are my five cokes a year, and I was pretty good about that for a very long time. And after I I got cocky at 196, which is the lowest I've ever been, I decided, you know what, I kicked that habit. Let me go ahead and taste it again. And like Will Ferrell in the movie Old School, once touches the lips, it just opened the floodgate, and then uh, I I have to I just have to cut it out. Period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you kind of diving into all those options of surgeries and, and kind of explaining that a little bit for everyone to understand kind of what your options were and why you chose the one you did. And you brought up the great point as, as far as just identifying for you, um, you know, the surgical route was the way to go just because of your physical well being at the time just couldn't, you know, oh. go back and do it on your own. Go ahead.
0: Before I forget, before I, before I did surgery, I, I tried Jenny Craig. I tried slim fat. I tried, uh, the, the point system, whatever that was. I tried, I tried. Yeah, there you go. I tried, uh, uh, everything from high school to college, like sporadically here and there. Um, just none of those things worked for me. And someone really, really recently put it, put it to me where, um, diets have two, uh, ways of looking at them. You can look at it as a verb which is the active restriction, right? Uh, and no one wants to do a diet in restrictive form or a diet could be looked at as a noun, which is just something that we as humans eat mm-hmm. naturally. And so we'll want you to look at food that way, but look, if we reevaluate your relationship with food, don't cut things out necessarily, because the second you say, I can't have that, what do you want? You want oh, exactly right. that, right? So it's all about moderation and looking at food differently, but don't look at diet as, Oh, I have to restrict this, never have this again, or I'll cut this out because at some point you're going to make that mistake. And when you do the odds are, you'll probably get discouraged by it. You'll feel defeated by it. And then you'll just, you know what? F it. I've already done it. And then you'll fall down this slippery slope, this rabbit hole of just going the wrong way. So you're, you're allowed a mistake. You're allowed an error in judgment. You're allowed that. But for me, What works for me are these challenges, these discipline challenges that force me down this path. But that's not everybody. Some people have more discipline, more self-control. They don't have to cut everything out. Uh, And so it is it's up to them. But self-awareness for self. So the two things I'd give you that that I take away from this is self-awareness, knowing where you are, uh, where you're at and finding that support group whatever that looks like, F3, personal friends, family, God, religion, wh- whatever your support looks like and be, uh, be open and transparent because hiding and it's, it's not good. It doesn't help. Uh, there's no shame in it. Asking for help The life is too short for you to take these little things on by yourself.
1: Yeah. So um, kind of brings me up to my next question. Just, you know, if you, if somebody was struggling, let's just say with obesity or, food addiction um what what do you what do you recommend you know some first steps for them to do as far as kind of riding riding the ship here
0: you are the company you keep you are the sum of the five closest people around you whether that's your friends your personal life whatever uh first and foremost look look around you who's enabling it who is giving you that that burger that coke that whatever your whatever your your, your crutches your candy and who's not who's 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 calling you out uh if anyone and if no one is find someone who can right uh wherever that is because because to be honest with you those are your true friends um those that, that's really who you want to surround yourself with at least for now until you can build your own discipline your own habit um so first and foremost reevaluate who you're around um and I'm not saying cut people out of your life. I'm not saying cut your friends out, cut your family. I'm not saying that. I know my family, they're enablers. I know that. And so I know that I should probably eat before I go to see my family, or I should probably, you know, just know ahead of time, this is what's going to happen because they're the ones who I'm not blaming them. But when I was a child, I didn't have money. I didn't have a car. I had my parents take me to where I wanted to get food from. And they let me do that. They, I got away with bloody murder. And uh, that's partially because of you know my background I'm'm I'm, I'm Muslim I am a son I'm a prince in my parent my mom's eyes my dad died I can do no wrong right I get what I want and so that kind of works for me um, mm-hmm. so uh, evaluate who's around you and, and and then also evaluate your support system like who can you reach out to if you don't have anyone around you who can you reach out to f3 uh, school colleague friends make new friends find a group find a club there's a there's a Katy area triathlon club that I just discovered that are, I'm, I'm hanging out with and training with that. I, I don't even know any of them and I'm just doing bikes with them. I'm swimming with them. I'm running with them. Just find people that you want to keep company with. Uh, if, if you don't feel you're successful in your job, find someone who is successful in their job and follow them, mimic them, whatever the case is, be around successful people. And you'll be successful. Simple as that. You don't have to do anything else.
1: Um, yeah. And I so think that, that's a good, gr- that, I think that's some great advice that can be, you know, to your point translated across All aspects of our of our life, not just our health, but spiritual life, uh, uh, um, work life, relational life, whatever that is, you know, find people that are successful or doing the things that you want to do and surround yourself with those people and emulate them and, and most successful people are more than willing to help those that are looking for help. That's just right. been my experience in life. And when people ask me information about health or nutrition, I'm always happy to share it because that's something I'm excited about and something I, I enjoy doing. And so I think you brought up a good point. If you are someone that's struggling, you know, reach out to those people and um, chances are they're going to be more than happy to, to help you out and do whatever they can to, to, to assist you. So, yeah. The hardest stuff, part.
0: The hardest part for me is the ask, or at least it was. It was the ask. So um, for example, um you feel like you earn a raise or you feel like you've earned a pay raise, you not, not, your boss more than likely they're gonna come to your desk and say, Hey, I think you deserve a raise. You gotta ask for it, right? Uh if you if you're trying to get into a program that's sold out at school or, or, or like there's no more seats. They're not just going to call you, hey, I saw that you are interested in this program. Come join us. No, you got to go to the professor, the dean, whatever the case is, and try to make a case for why they should add one more. Uh, same thing here. That's exactly right. Uh, if you want to get better in health or profession or whatever, find someone, and more than likely, they'll be willing to help you. They might not just hand over money, but they're not going to come find you. They're not going to look at you in a Starbucks and go, this is the guy with a square head on his shoulders. Let me go and see if this guy wants to do something successful. No, you got to go find him and ask them. And that's the difference. You, you want that girl to go out with you. You got to ask her. She's not going to decide if she wants to date you all of a sudden. And it may not be a yes, but at least you got that what if out of the way. So. All
1: right. Well, man, I, all, all good stuff. And what an inspirational story you have just from, you know, uh, you may be the first person I've interviewed that's had that substantial of weight loss. And it's just, uh, it's neat to see that a, it can be done and and, and B, that it's sustainable, that you're doing an awesome job of, of, of keeping that up. And part of that's because you've identified the reality of or the need for that accountability. And F3 certainly um, can, can play that important role for, for many of us that are listening to this. And um, you brought up some other terms like shield lock and, and and guys, if you're not part of a shield lock, that th- this is why it exists, so that we can have those other brothers to surround ourselves with and keep us accountable. And I'm assuming you even let them know that, hey, these are my, you know, these are the things I want to be doing on a daily basis, whether it's weighing myself or doing this. Ask me about it. Make sure that I'm yeah. doing this, and if I'm not doing it uh, get me to answer the hard question of why I chose not to do it and, and, and kind of stay accountable with that. So I think, can I I I just give you, can I just
0: give you one more thing? I I don't want to, I don't want to keep you on time, but, uh, or off time, but eight years ago, nine years ago, when I was 508, I couldn't go anywhere. I could get in a car, I could get into a building, I could walk around, but I couldn't travel anywhere. Right. Uh, My mind was closed off to the different kinds of foods available out there in the world, different cultures. So like for me, it was burgers, fries, and Coke burger, fries, and Coke pizza, fries, and Coke, whatever the case was, it was a subset of maybe five things. That's it. Since then over the last nine years or so, I've traveled to several, several countries, few different continents. I've done more things than I thought were ever capable. And I still have this mindset where I walk into a room sideways because I still think I'm too big. Uh, I still imagine that I'm going to be asked to pay for a second seat on an airplane because that's what it would take for me to travel domestically before I would have to pay for two seats. And they would put a sign next to me on the seat that says this seat's reserved for this individual don't sit there. And that's like a big fat call. Like this is too, this guy's too fat for one seat. Don't sit next to him. That's exactly what it was. That's how I felt. I would need two seatbelts to sit in an airplane or a seatbelt extender for the car or whatever the case is. And clothes were just three times the cost because the size was just so big at the big and tall and you're restricted to a particular style because you can't shop at the stores that you want to shop at. And so the first time I ever flew on a plane in one seat, the first time I put on an outfit from literally a store off the rack without a custom anything, the first time I fit into a seatbelt singular, uh, I've cried. I've literally cried. Um, And to to go from not to not having anything in my mind about, hey, I want to explore Japan. I want to see Peru. I want to walk the Inca Trail or hike hike Machu Picchu or whatever the case is those doors were closed to me for so long and now the world is opened up and I can do anything I want. I'm literally doing the dumbest things you could think of. I'm doing half Ironman. I'm doing marathons. I'm doing these really, uh, I I don't know why, but the idea is I, I was told no for so long that I never want to hear it again. And it's changed my perspective. It's changed my mind. And so for the better, for the worse, I'll let everyone else be the judge of that. But for me, I'm doing exactly what I want right now. And there's no one telling me no. So if you, Anyone listening to this or if you, Doc, um, ever find yourself in a place where you feel that you've heard the word no too many times and you want to conquer it, you just got to look over someone left or right and just say, I'm tired of this. I want to change. And more than likely, if you got yourself a good person who's in your shield Doc, they'll be there for you. He, she, or otherwise, they will be there for you. And that's all you need. You just need one person or more uh, to walk with you. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you being vulnerable there and kind of sharing some of that past experience um, because those are things that you, those of us that hadn't been through those personal experiences, you know, could have easily glossed over and not realized that, that was a reality to you. And and you bring up a great point that I, I preach a lot, which is, you know, health is in my opinion, one of our greatest assets, and when we don't have health, it's so limiting on who the person of that we can be, and the opportunities that we have, and and the impact that we can make across this world, and the fact that you know you're found, you're finding your health and you're working on it, and you're and, and new opportunities being open to you, and 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 your ability to kind of go do and explore um, as a result of that. Uh, is just a testament to to exactly that and, and why it's important that we continue to accelerate our king and queen and continue to work on that. So, well, uh, Sneaker, man, thank you once again. And so I just got two final questions here for you as we wrap up. And you've shared tons of great tips and information and, and, and you can piggyback on something you've already said or it could be something brand new. But uh, what are three tips that you would give somebody that who's ready to kind of embark on their own hunt for wellness? What would those three tips be?
0: Um, Okay. Three tips for your hunt for wellness. Um, Look into, all the help that's available to you. And I'm talking everything. You have smart scales, you have tracking tools, all of these like apps online are mostly free. My fitness pal is what I use to track my calorie. Use all the resources available to you. If you're not, you're not on your own, you're not by yourself by any shape Shape or perform. If you wanna start, you don't need, you know, make a spreadsheet if you want to, whatever you want, but use all the resources you, you have at your disposal. Find someone to walk this journey with you. They may not even need to lose the weight They might just do it for fun. They might go walk with you, run with you, go to the gym, but find someone. Doing it with someone is better than doing it alone. In fact, it is 100 times better than doing it alone. Find someone with you. And lastly, don't get discouraged if you fail once or twice or three times, right? Pick yourself back up and keep going because it's not not the journey, it's the destinations where you want to get to, right? So your journey is going to have a left turn, a right turn, a jump, a a dive, whatever, but it's about where you're going to go. So those are my three tips. Do not get discouraged. Find someone to walk with you, and use all of the resources available to you—YouTube, apps, uh, your fellow friends and colleagues, anything and everything. Because there's so much information out there, it's easy to—it's easy to just find anything you want. Uh, don't want to do keto? Try something else. Don't want to do vegan? Try something else. There's a lot of diets out there if you want to try it. A lot of things out there.
1: Got it. Well, appreciate those great, great tips and and certainly helpful. So I have one final question for you. Before I ask it though, I just want to take a few moments here and just acknowledge you again and say thank you uh, for your willingness to uh, come on the show today and just share your Thanks journey. For having me. Yeah. And your vulnerability. I I know your story is going to resonate with tons of people and you're going to change some lives here and uh, some families lives. And and I'm really grateful for you for that and your willingness to do that. Um, If somebody wanted to follow up with you, if somebody wanted to kind of catch up with you, uh, maybe have a question about what you did or some of the things that you're implementing, what are some options that guys can do to, to reach out to you? Uh,
0: I'm, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I, I would generally share my phone number, but I'm not going yeah, to take your right time. <laughs> yeah. But, but if you want to follow me on social media, you're more than welcome to, I I usually post more content on Instagram than I do on Facebook, but I'm available on all of them. Uh, my Instagram handle is a as an apple H as a uh, uh, human Samani S A M A N I. So A H S A M A N I is my Instagram handle. My Facebook handle is simply my name, and I don't think there's very many of me, uh, Akhtar Samani, and you're more than welcome to, uh, if you have a a social media presence, you can share my information, or if you wanna spell it out, A-K-H-T-A-R-S as in Sam, A-M as in Mary, A-N as in Nancy, I as in Igloo, Akhtar Samani. Those are two ways. If you wanna email me, you can. My personal email address. This is my actual email address. Is a k h, s a m oxam at gmail. You can catch
1: me there. Perfect. Now, are you on the Slack channels at all? The, the- I'm not on
0: Slack. So the Houston, Katy areas, although some of us are on Slack, I'm not. But gotcha. I am on what we have here is Band B A N D. Got. It. Uh, um, but uh, I can I can certainly find you on Slack. So I'm also on Twitter. I don't tweet very often, but I follow. Red and, and, and Dark Helmet and a bunch of other guys, F3 guys on Twitter. Uh, I okay. don't, usually don't post anything on Twitter, but you can reach out to me there if you'd like.
1: Gotcha. Which, Which is handle?
0: at Akhtar yeah. Samani. Yeah. Everything Dr. Gotcha. Samani.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Hey, like yeah. you said, you got a unique, unique handle just using your name. So uh, there's not many like you. I'm so. But if you're ever in Katie, <laughs> if you're ever in Katie,
0: look us up. Come to the spigot or go to any AO at Katie and let me know. I'll be there. I'll join you.
1: Gotcha. And just to be clear, that's near the Houston, Texas area, correct?
0: Correct. So Katy is West Houston uh, or East San Antonio, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's Katy, Texas. It's near Houston.
1: Correct. Perfect. All right, man. I appreciate it. So my last question for you is this. Sneaker. Yes, sir. What is your definition of wellness?
0: It <sighs> oh, could be taken so many ways. My definition of wellness. Okay. So knowing that I'm doing all of the right things, regardless of what they are. So. um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices trying to keep myself accountable into a healthy diet, but being okay at the fact that I didn't necessarily meet my metrics. If I ate that piece of candy or whatever the case is, as long as I'm not hurting myself, as long as I'm not like, like I'm, I'm not physically, I mean like discouraging myself, Hey, you're a POS, you failed. No, that's, that's not wellness. Wellness is just being self-aware, accepting what's happened and moving on. Right. And just keep, keep forward momentum. Keep moving forward, whether it's a baby crawl step or a full on run forward momentum, forward progress is the end goal, right? So don't get discouraged. So my idea of wellness is not hurting yourself, just being okay with the fact that this happened, accepting it and keep going.
1: Perfect, man. Appreciate you being on the show.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me, man.
1: Thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.